Welcome to Wellbeing in Tech. My name is Sheridan, and this is my journey of exploration into Wellbeing in Tech. About a year ago, amidst lockdown, with rising pressure in my career, combined with increasing commitments to my family, I really started to struggle. Thought I was okay, but the outside world saw something very different. But I'm lucky. I have children who asked why I had changed, and a wife who went deeper and challenged me to get help. So I spoke to professionals and took their advice. By implementing the ideas I had been taught in CBT or Cognitive Behavioral Therapy sessions, I learned to turn my negative spiral into a positive one. I've always been described as resilient and happy. I didn't fit the mold of someone who may develop such problems. It made me realize that when it comes to mental health, we really can never judge a book by its cover. My work in technical recruitment puts me in contact with a huge number of people, and it started to hit me how many of those were looking for new work due to mental health concerns and how many were taking sabbaticals, not because of a personal choice, but because they felt broken. I wanted to be part of the solution, to show that displaying your vulnerability and seeking help is not weakness. And I wanted to positively explore well-being and mental health solutions in the technology sector. My exploration will see me connect with a wide range of people, from professional consultants who can offer trained advice, to people who have learned to deal with some really difficult situations, and everything in between. In addition to the conversations, there will be links and recommendations throughout to get you in contact with organizations who can help you on your journey. Welcome to Wellbeing in Tech. Our guest today, uh, I'll say he's quite an impressive person. He's got a career spanning three decades. He's started out in software engineering um, and he's moved through uh, to, to much higher echelons than that now from going through head of IT roles, CTO roles, through large organizations, emerging tech startups, an enviable career, to say the least. He's also an accomplished public speaker. He's delivered talks for universities, local communities, and global conferences on a wide range of topics, from, uh, you know, from the actual technologies that he works with, through to some critically acclaimed examinations of his own experiences with mental health. So, very happy to welcome Dom Davis. Hello, Dom. Hi there. Thank you for having me. So, yeah, I guess what I wanted to start off is just uh, just tell us a bit about yourself. Um, where, where to start? So, the, 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 the career summary was slightly wrong. I started off in dishwashing um, and then... <laughs> Moved moved on to um, moved on to tech support and then, and then uh, off into software development from uh, from there. I uh, failed my degree um, because life, I suppose, um, and I, I think this was where I, I, I first realised that um, life was really difficult. Um, I mean, I, I dealt with the, the teenage years and, and been through problems, but university, I discovered uh, beer and women and other things and became nocturnal and, and sadly failed my degree but thankfully I had a friend who uh, went to Cambridge and got a decent degree uh, and got me a job which then set me on the trajectory um, that I find myself on uh, today um, but but me me in a nutshell I am your um, archetypal uh, middle-aged white male developer um, I have worked in investment banking for most of my career moved away from London uh, partly for my own sanity, uh, and I have been living in North Norfolk, um, which, if you don't know it, is the middle of nowhere, uh, for the past decade, I suppose. Um, and it's there that I started doing a lot of the uh, speaking that I do on mental health matters, and specifically my own mental health, because it's the only mental health that I can be, for want of a better word, sure of. Um, yeah. So, so when was it you started to realise that? Well, I mean, when when did you first realise that there were that you had mental health issues that you needed to solve? Um, so that would have been when I was just trying to work. It was teenage, late teenage years um, was where it first kicked off. Although I put that down to just being a teenage boy. Um, my girlfriend dumped me. Um, I was never going to find love again. Um, anyone who has been a teenage boy, or I am assuming a teenage girl as well, know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, my parents were saying things that I didn't quite agree with in terms of um, uh, 
they were they were sort of saying that perhaps she wasn't right for me and all of that and no I was in love and and the, the world was over um and it came I don't know to why parents head. do that they they seem to think it's, that yes, it matters it's, it's, <laughs> yes um and uh, I ended up trying to take an overdose um subsequently I have read that what I took was not really going to work um, did you did you that, think it was going to work at the time? Yes, yes, that was a, that was a that was a definite sort of let's let, let's go for this. Um, so I ended up in hospital, um, back of an ambulance, had the whole charcoal gunk that they pump into you, uh, and then spent time. I honestly can't remember how long speaking to a um, therapist. I got time off school to do that. I used to have to go get the bus into because I went to school near Leeds. I used to have to get the bus into Harrogate and um, I talked to my shrink and then come back into the school. So that I just thought was me being teenage. Um, it was only when I started work in uh, investment banking and had a nervous breakdown and again was in therapy that I sort of worked out that perhaps there's more to it. Um, and that's where I started using antidepressants um, to, to try and help out did not get on well with them at all um, I can I can imagine it would be difficult in investment banking so I, I have an, an idea of it I used to work in proprietary trading which is just a form of investment bank or an area of investment banking for a while um, and, I, and I guess it, did you find it difficult to realize that it was actually a problem yes because so, I guess I'm thinking that, sorry, Karen, yeah. So, so to give you an idea of the sort of mentality there, I have been literally medevaced out of the office three times. So I have other health issues. I suffer from kidney stones and I have collapsed at my desk because I was unwilling to sort of say, I don't feel great, and then being rushed to hospital. Um, so to turn around and say that I don't feel great because I am a bit sad or overwhelmed or, or however you want to describe it is just a no-no. Yeah. Uh, so that that was that was, uh, and then you discover that there is this hidden underbelly. Um, so we had a medical centre. I went to the medical centre and just went, you know, I'm, I'm not coping well. Um, my dad had just died, and there's a few other things that had gone on. And um, making that admission to someone was what then caused the the waterworks suddenly started, and it was just like the floodgates broke. So the, uh, the doctor at the medical centre was like, okay, well, we'll refer you to um, what turned out to be a um, um, effectively the mental health ward of, of the London Bridge Hospital, which appears to be owned by most of the investment banks. And they just send their broken staff to this place, um, lovely called Central Stress Management. Um, sounds so, so sort of calm and serene, but it's like, no, I am uh, at the end of my tether. Um, and then after however much therapy is needed, which they pay for, um, you are fit for work again and, and, and off you go and, and no one talks about it. But you see a lot of people there. Like, oh, it's you. Yeah, I think, so, yeah, having worked in, in banking then, I've, I've, I've seen a bit of that. And it, I guess uh, there seems to be like a, a bit of a difference though between someone who actually is likely to have some sort of genuine issue that they're going to need to face long term and someone who's just been completely broken by a system which is far too high pressure and high stress for for everyday life so i, I mean I, I think that you would probably put yourself into the category of people who've, who've got uh, an issue that is not just caused by banking and rather is probably catalyzed by being in banking. Yeah. So, so was it difficult to differentiate from that being in yes, in that initially environment? I, I put myself down as as um, just that. It, yeah, I, I was crushed by the system, um, and and this was just a, a poor reaction to stress, and um, I could be put back together and and and, and continue. Um, it was later on that I realised that, that this was a pattern. Um, and that it would happen again and again and again. And at that point, you start realizing that actually there is something underlying um, with me. And um, it, it's one of those things where we're, we're not actually sure whether it is. I mean, I have a clinical diagnosis of, of, of depression. The doctors have said you have depression, but that's based on 
them speaking to me and going, here's your pills. Um, and, and, and that sort of counseling sessions. Um, but it may actually be something that stems back from my birth um, because I was a very difficult birth and came out oxygen starved, um, like blue, the uh, the color of ink blue, according to my mum. Her exact words were, I, I thought to myself, oh my God, I've given birth to a freak. Um, so <laughs> there, there may actually be physical damage caused by oxygen starvation at, 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 at a very early age. And I, I, I kind of flip it about it these days and joke about, you know, my, my first suicide attempt was at birth. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it, it, it's one of those things where um, that could have had an effect, but I don't have a control need to, to sort of, to see. Um, and also as I've become more aware of me and how I am, um, it's, uh, become apparent that I probably have more than I'm going to say just depression but it's more than uh depression um and probably fits more neatly into the borderline personality disorder uh and end of things which is a I can't decide whether it's a brilliant name or a crap name for a, for a disorder yeah so, borderline, <laughs> personality. I, I borderline do I have a personality <laughs> yeah so so what what is borderline person is so yeah, what is borderline personality disorder? So it's uh, effectively something whereby your grasp of reality is not great. Um, you have... Uh, For most of us. <laughs> no. no, as in really not great. So yeah. you, you, you have these, these sort of delusions of, of uh, grandeur occasionally. Um, you, you tend to do some very reckless things. You're... you're uh, fundamental world beliefs can be quite bizarre. I have a lot of um, a lot of learned responses for social interaction, um, and those learned responses are because my take on the world, my view on the world, and how I view other people are not socially acceptable. And just is this is this similar to Sheldon Cooper in The Big Bang Theory, where he knows somebody's crying, so he makes him a cup of tea. <laughs> that yes, sort of kind of kind of kind of thing. There, there, there are some things yeah. that I have no way of empathizing with. Um, and there are other things that I empathize with far, far too much. Um, I don't understand some aspects of of, of social life. Um, I go along with them because that's that's what people do but there are there are certain things you just like what what is what is the point um i have this um the thing where small talk for me is is sometimes irrelevant sometimes it's just like okay let's, let's just go into a conversation because we've we've done the highs and all of that stuff um previous and this, <laughs> yeah. happens a lot. this happens a lot with with chat uh so if you've got one-to-one -one chat you've got a private chat once you've established that sort of private chat communication channel, um, as far as I'm concerned, your, your handshake is done. And it doesn't matter whether it's been two minutes or two months. You don't need to go high. You just launch into it. Uh, and for some people, they can find that very jarring because there's just this sudden sort of bam. Um, and I will lampoon that a lot. Um, so sort of if I need someone to do something, I, I do that sort of, hi, Sheridan, how are you? How's your family? In that kind of yeah. way, um, no one, no one wants that either, do they? I don't, I don't think anyone wants that really. Like, people want to know what you want. <laughs> it's yes. normally not to know what your family. It's like, well, yeah, my family are fine. What do you want? <laughs> so. and, um, it, it, it tends to be a, a lot sort of finer, uh, finer grained uh, in, in terms of my ability to sort of call it out and uh, and what have you. Um, if I just go on to uh, Okay. Read out the the, uh, the the definition as per uh, Wikipedia. Uh, Wikipedia. So, uh, long-term pattern of unstable relationships. Well, yep, I've. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing when I first spoke to you, the first thing you spoke about was going through a divorce, I believe. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, distorted sense of self. So, yeah, that goes into this kind of uh, my views on the world and my views on other people. Um, yeah. And the when, when you say distorted. Um, sorry, actually, no, sorry, finish that definition. I'll, I'll ask you that question afterwards. Sorry, finish the uh, definition. So I had strong emotional reactions. Um, yeah. So that distorted sense of self. Um, how I look 
versus how I think I look in my head are vastly, vastly different to the point where it is a shock every time I see myself on yeah. a camera or in a mirror. Um, so, like, physically, you, you physically... physically different. Really? Um, I have a photo which is heavily photoshopped when I was younger, which comes close to looking like how I think I look. Yeah. But physically, I look entirely different to how, in my head, I believe I look. Yeah. Um, you can, can you send me that photo? I'll, I'll hopefully. Yes. Yeah. I'll yeah, hopefully pop it up on screen, and I'll figure out how to edit and things. So it's me. It's me sort of uh, peering over over a sword. Yeah. Um, and looking very. And that's why I used to have long hair and everything. Um, so there's there's sort of that aspect of it but there's also um how i view my position in the world um so i, I jokingly refer to um my ego effectively so part of this manifests is in the fact that i'm incredibly egotistical except when i'm not uh, and i've described it before as a, a as an image that has um one circle which is uh, the observable universe and then another circle which is Donald Trump's ego, and then another circle, which is my ego, and at the bottom <laughs> it says logarithmic scale. Um, but oh, as well as being like that, um, there are, my ego is also infinitesimally small. Um, so I can go from being king of the world to being utterly worthless in a heartbeat. Um, can it be simultaneous? Sometimes, yes. Yeah. So you can be the life and soul of the party, and be very, very concerned that what you're saying means that everyone thinks that you are a complete nobody. Uh, but still going on with that hyper, I'm just going to continue talking and, and, and being me and way, um, which is, it's very, very How do you find you react to that then? When you're, when you're feeling like that in a social situation and you feel like at, the, at that moment, you probably are the life and soul of the party. Um, whether for good or bad <laughs> you're if, you, if you're being this big personality you're certainly going to be the life and soul of the party regardless of anything else yeah. you're the one who's creating the atmosphere um so if you also have this simultaneous feeling of yet i don't know what I, I i don't want to define that feeling for you but if you also have this simultaneous feeling of being quite infinitesimally significant how do you manage that um, so again, that goes with my uh, distorted sense of, uh, of reality. My worldview is internally inconsistent and circular. You, you can basically, you, you, you have this argument that you can follow. And while all the steps follow seemingly logically, if you was laying them all up, you could sort of go, well, that one actually contradicts that one. Um, so you sort of orient your worldview so such that um, the feeling of insignificance can be bypassed almost. Uh, but there is also this fact that I am, I think, chronically dyslexic. Um, again, that may stem to brain damage at birth. Um, and I've learned to put a filter. So brain spits words out. It goes through the filter and then may or may not come out of mouth which is why people think that I am, um, if I have half a pint or whatever, people think I'm drunk and I'm not. It's just that filter has stopped working so well and the words <laughs> come out of order. Um, so the, the, the filter will sort of put the words in order for me and uh, project them out to the world. Um, but at the same time, that filter can kind of just ignore the, the, so, the, the, the negative and sort of discard it. Just, just to clarify that, because I just want to make sure I fully understand that. So you have half pine and, and you seem like a complete awful drunk. When you, so when you're saying the, the filter, do you mean you will say things that people think you shouldn't say or that you will say things that literally make no sense where the words aren't? So the words, the words will get jumbled up. If you surprise me um, yeah. and I try and say something, I will, I will jumble my words up. I will, I will say odd things. I will... Uh, one of the classic ones is if you phone me and uh, I pick up the phone and you sort of get this... Um, uh, yeah, hi Dom, and then I will respond with hi Dom, because 
<laughs> it's caught me by surprise, and I know I have to respond. And he's suddenly just replaying the last, the last thing that was, yeah. that was said. Um, so yeah, I've learned to yeah, just go through the sort of very brief fil filter period, um, but also to to not say certain things. So my brain works very fast, and. Um, it's, you'll notice on chat, I go off these massive tangents where people are like, where the hell did that come from? And I've gone ding, 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 there. Um, <laughs> just me, I can spot the, spot the joints. But it, it, it's one of the things where there are things where I think something and I cannot say that something because I will offend or upset. Um, so that filter sort of needs to be there to go, nope, that's not being said. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes it, it fails me. So if I've had a half pint or whatever, it's not so much that I seem like I'm a hopeless drunk, it's just my words start coming out of order. Right. And that then makes it seem like I am more drunk than I am because it's like, oh, it's, it's words are, are getting jumbled. Yeah. Um, that's basically yeah. because they're all trying to get out at the same time and haven't been put in. Yeah. <laughs> in an order. So, so this, so all, all this stuff sounds like something that is, I mean, stressful I, I don't know what how would you describe because I, I mean the i guess the idea of borderline personality disorder the way you're describing it seems like you could probably live with it if you could if you could live with it and, and be happy and well put together well actually some of this stuff you could probably just get through without it being a major impact on your life at all but obviously that there are for you it's mixed in with various other things that have turned it and do you think it's then turned into something that's far more impactful because of that? Or do you think it would be impactful on its own? I think it would probably be impactful on its own. It's one of those things where the majority of the time it is, it's me and it is fine. But when it goes wrong, it goes very wrong. Um, so uh, one of the things that the Wikipedia says is that they may also struggle with a feeling of emptiness, fear of abandonment, and detachment from reality. Now, the emptiness one is, is, is something that, that people who suffer with uh, depression are, are well aware of, where the world is just, I hate the term depression because it's not... People misunderstood, are, isn't it? It's not sad. It is oh. this, this, this feeling of emptiness. Nothing, nothing fills you with joy. Nothing makes you feel... Whole. not even sad you can't even feel sad sometimes yeah so As that's so, for me when i was feeling my most depressed then the concept of sadness there's nothing there there's no sadness there's no happiness it's, it's empty it's it's yeah. nothing um now that coupled with the detachment from reality is where it becomes problematic because you can start constructing your own realities which can be um Right. Self-destructive. And I guess one of the key things with depression is that people will end up withdrawing anyway. So if you're yes. withdrawing into what you're describing there is a separate reality almost, then you could, I guess you could find yourself completely stuck in it. Yeah. So, uh, but also I mean, the dangerous, dangerous types of activity. So I went through a period where um, I was almost isolating myself from the entire world, even when I was outside, I still do this to a certain extent in terms of I walk around with headphones on and I can't hear the outside world. And I don't like being able to hear the outside world. Um, but I was doing things like when I lived in London, I would just cross roads. Right. Because I didn't need to, to look. I was special. People would stop for me. Um, it wasn't that I was trying to kill myself or anything like that. That wasn't that, that wasn't a, a suicide attempt. It was just that I existed in a world where people got out of my way, yeah. and that went to uh, cars and buses and uh, one point ambulances. Um, I lost that one. Um, <laughs> they made me stop. Um, yeah. to, I think. Um, and um, you know. That could have ended quite badly. It's, it's an incredible thought to think that you, I mean, you know, because I, I know you and I know how you are. You don't come across as somebody who would think, who would sort of look at themselves and say, I'm, I'm so important that the, the other cars would stop, the car should stop for me, and they will stop for me. But like, are you, um, 
when when you were doing this, when you were crossing the roads in this way, and or, you know, I know that's just one example, but um, as we are on that specific example, did it feel internally like it was a sort of arrogance, or was it just a, an existential place you happened to be at the time without any feeling of arrogance or anything? Um, to, 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 to my mind, the best way to describe it is um, maybe the opening scene in a, in a movie where the camera is following the lead protagonist and you know they're, they're they're going about their life and so everything is orchestrated around what they're doing so if there is traffic and all that stuff then the traffic will be orchestrated such that they can cross the road yeah. um, if there's like a chase scene or whatever and you've, you've got that that they manage to dodge through that's almost what it's like where you're so detached from the whole thing that actually you're almost not experiencing it you're experiencing yourself experiencing it if that makes sense yeah 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 that's, i mean it's so, yeah because so there isn't any there's like there's no arrogance there at all in that in that with the way you've described it there it's, yeah, it's, it's just true. the way you exist at that moment in time is yeah just complete detachment that's incredible i've never I've never heard of something like that. <laughs> so I mean, uh, I, I sit here, and, and one of the things I get um, is occasionally I will feel like I am not here. Yeah. Uh, and, and this this is best described if you're in VR, and there's a slight glitch between um, where your hand position is and where your hands in real life are. Um, a great example is that the early versions of Elite Dangerous in VR hadn't turned off the animation for your hands. So your hands are on the controls. And in-game, your hand would suddenly sort of do this. But yeah. in real life, your hand's not doing anything. So there's this disconnect between your what your brain is seeing and what your hand's actually doing. I get that in real life. So I will be sat looking at stuff on my monitor with my hands on the keyboard, and they won't be my hands. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm. It, it's almost like there is a viewport to the world, and that viewport sort of looks out of the body. Um, but sometimes that viewport gets a bit weird. Yeah, that's a, yeah. That that sounds, and yeah. So, particularly mingled in with with depression and and various other things that you've had to go through. That's yeah. That, I guess you're in a very unique position well, maybe not entirely unique i assume there's there's a lot of people who have to suffer similarly um so how do you go about making sure that this because again i just want to go back to the fact that you've had a, a few suicide attempts you felt depressed a huge amount of your life you've had some real much darker times than most of us would ever have and hopefully ever will have and yet you've also managed to have a very successful career a good group of friends and and externally looking in it's um i think quite an enviable life for most people so you've you're obviously doing something to keep these things together and and get through life well so how are you dealing with this stuff and, and what are you doing to good good PR. make it work um. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so part of it is, is is PR, and that's actually why I ended up talking about this stuff and, and, and doing the talks because it, it sort of occurred to me that a lot of people are doing good PR, um, and the, the reality, and this is not just about mental health; it's everything. I'm, I'm I'm in a startup, and in the startup world, everyone is doing amazing, and no, they're not. Everyone's living. It's, it's the same in in my industry as well. Um, you you see it on LinkedIn all the time. Everyone everyone is talking about how fantastically well they're doing and to some extent you have to because if people don't act like they're smashing everything out of the park then they worry that people will think as an unsuccessful person they aren't worthy of their time as well yeah, so yeah. i guess but it's yes yeah, the same in the startup world isn't it? you you there's, are having to create the PR. There's, there's 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 pr um and then there is stubbornness uh, pure pure and simple so i don't want to die um ever in fact um i am <laughs> uh, 
I'm gutted about the whole end of the universe thing. It's, it's, yeah, and that's, that's a long way in the past. Um, so my, my fear is sort of missing out. Um, I don't want to miss out on new technology, new, new experiences, stuff like that. So it's the stubbornness, I think, that means that I manage to persevere. It's almost bloody-mindedness. Um, I have also become very clued up and very knowledgeable about how to kill yourself and how not to kill yourself to the point where if I needed to, I could probably have all the kit I needed in 15 minutes and all set up and ready and five minutes after that gone from, from, a, from a standing start. So that, that kind of release or escape route is, is there. Okay. Um, you get this thing, it, 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 I hate the term, but suicide ideation, just because I hate the word ideation. Um, but there's this idea where you fantasize about how you are going to kill yourself. And I've been doing that from a very early age. Um, and I've progressed. I mean, it, it used to be uh, Peterborough Station. Um, you get the, the Leeds train barrels through there. If it's not stopping at Peterborough, it goes through at 170 miles an hour. Big old intercity gets down in front of that. Oomph, you're, um, you're, you're probably guaranteed to go. But you then screwed up the life of a train driver because they've yeah. just someone messed up a whole lot of people and a whole bunch of, uh, of other things. So I have since then refined um, the ideation and refined the, 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 the sort of the plans. But interestingly, I don't understand the idea of a suicide note. I, it's like, why go... For me, I would want to do it anonymously. Um, right. So literally, if, if we go back to the, 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 the train thing, I would make my way to Peterborough with cash without a phone, without credit cards, without anything, so that I am there on the station completely anonymous. Yeah. Um, because there's, there's, if you're writing the note, for me, it's it's more of a cry for help, at which point, why don't you just sort of go, help? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I mean, so you've obviously, you obviously haven't killed yourself, so you're still here. As far as I'm aware, yes. <laughs> Oh, yes, we're going back to the going back to the reality thing. Who knows? Maybe, <laughs> but yeah, you, you are still here, and obviously, like you said, you, you want to be here, and you're stubborn, but you've also tried to end your life a number of times. So, is it is it the i the ideation to use the word that you dislike again? Is it is that is that for you just helping you avoid it? Is it, is it like yes. uh, it is? Yeah. So it's just it's just sort of giving you that feeling of. Okay, I could do this. I, I, and I'm thinking about it and enjoying the concept of it happening, but therefore it never has to happen. Yeah. So it's, it's almost it's, like a fantasy in a relationship. <laughs> it's like it's, two people in a relationship. Sometimes the fantasy is great, but you don't want, you don't actually want the reality. So, yeah. yeah. So part of it, I've, I, like I said, I've done a lot of research and you find out how it can go wrong uh, and also. Um, I can't remember what film it was, but there was one film I watched where someone says, oh, no one dies from overdose these days. I mean, they, they, they do, but dying from something like um, paracetamol overdose is, is a lot less frequent than, than, than it used to be because of improvements in drugs. But the thing is, if you do succeed, it's a horrible way to go. There's yeah. the hours of, of, of pain as your, as your body shuts down. Now, stupid. I, I just want to clarify something quickly, because I, I just think... Um, there might be some people listening to this who think, well, maybe that's a good idea. I'll try that. I mean, I, I don't know if it would always be a good idea for everyone. Obviously, it's, it works for you. But um, oh, yes, no, no, like, I mean, I, I would it work for everyone? Do you, do you think this is a, a sort of general good idea? Or if somebody, no, if somebody no, is it, having it, suicidal it, thoughts, what would, would, it, would it be a suicidal thoughts? Speak, speak to a professional. Yeah. Um, you, you, <laughs> you, you, need, you need help. Um, yeah. And you know, I, I I have spoken to professionals about these thoughts and about how they affect me and and what use they are to me. Um, and, and like I say, so 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 part of it is that I now understand um, how painful a lot of these methods are and how they can go wrong and how they can leave you scarred for life. Um, which part of it's quite ironic. You know, I'm, I'm terrified of heights. So this idea of climbing to the top of a tall building and jumping off, I can't because I'm afraid of heights. Why am I afraid of heights? I'm afraid of falling and kidding myself. Why am I on top of this building? Because it, it, it's, it's, yeah. it's a wonderful sort of, uh, of dichotomy. So 
by in my darkest hours where you don't want to be disturbing someone because it's three in the morning and you're a snotty mess and just doing the blubbing going and researching stuff and actually finding out that well no that's that's a bad idea you know shooting yourself seems like the obvious thing especially if you live in uh, in the states or, or somewhere you can get guns no that can go horribly wrong uh, overdose can go horribly wrong um all of these different methods can go horribly wrong so then that provides a kind of so sort of ammunition for the more rational part of your brain to sit there and go no that's a dumb idea um, so you, you said earlier you've spoken through this stuff with somebody. So, and you've obviously come to a conclusion with some help by the sounds of it. It wasn't something that you've just purely done by yourself. So, what what have you done? What who have you spoken to, and how, what help have you got to get well, to this? I've had a number of um, sessions with um, counsellors and psychiatrists. Um, over the years, starting, I say, when my, my late teens, uh, well, mid, mid-teens, I suppose, um, then again in my early 20s, then in my 30s and my 40s. So, um, you know, been through, and it's, it's gone for me um, originally when I was younger, being very adversarial. Um, so I didn't want to be in these sessions and I didn't want to talk about the stuff and I wanted to make their life difficult and would almost like play with them um to in my later years being much more open about it so i still don't like talking to therapists directly about some of the experiences i have because like i say my my world is internally inconsistent and if you if you break it because it's circular if you break a bit of it you break all of it uh, and that's actually going to be quite a big step change. So, you know, you need to sort of explain to them that as we as we go through this, um, I will dance you in a merry circle, but just be aware of that. And <laughs> let's let's go and, uh, and talk through it. And it, it's there that you find out that a lot of these thoughts are not necessarily wrong. Um, it, there is fundamentally nothing wrong with thinking about various things provided you are not going to act on those things so if it's a sort of i could think about doing this or i could actually just go off and do it it's much better to think about doing it yeah, and it, yeah. It's one, like if um, a, a common analogy might be if you're in a job that you're not entirely happy with but you're afraid of of um you're afraid of leaving. It's it, it's much harder to sort of to, to, to pull ripcord. But if you've got a, a nice escape thing there, you can sort of address, try and address the problems in your job. And then if they are not sorted, you can take your you can take your escape route. Now, yeah. thankfully to me, but the, the dark periods are not protracted. Um, so you sort of think, well, okay, well, I've got my escape route. If this becomes too much to bear, then it's there and I can take it and it's an option. So with that in mind, let's go and attempt to deal with whatever it is that I am currently dealing with. And then to date, I have managed to get over the hump of things and re-enter quote unquote normal life. So, so how do you tend to, how do you try and deal with things? Um, bunch of different tricks that I've been taught. So I've done a lot of CBT. Um, they, they, they sort of teach you how to not hit a purely negative spiral. Um, easier said than done if you are in that negative spiral. And you know, there are very dark moments where it's, it's just nothing's going to work and you are at, at the bottom. But I've generally found when I am right at the bottom, I'm more wretched than anything else. And it's sort of, if that wretchedness continues, then perhaps I will take the escape route. But because the wretchedness doesn't continue, you can then, you sort of naturally buoy up a little bit and then you can start applying the techniques to... Um, is, is that wretchedness, as in it, it naturally stops itself? You don't need to do anything or technically get out of it? If, 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 you were to, if you were to sort of graph it, I mean, I, I would view most people as sort of a... Uh, a sign wave you're happy sad happy sad whatever me i would be much more um like this 
and with no other external influence, if I go right to the very bottom, I will buoy up a little bit naturally with no input. Um, yeah, I've never, I've never sort of hit rock bottom and stayed there. You seem to dead cat bounce, doink. Um, right. And then from there, I have been taught techniques to sort of bring bring myself back up. But it also helps that I am at times fantastically egotistical, so that can help bring me back up. Um, and, and, and people who know me, sort of, I, I make a lot of half joking statements that people go along with and you know you can sort of convince yourself that they know i'm half joking so they know that i'm half not joking and therefore kind of agreeing with me and uh, <laughs> you, you can you can eat the logic out uh, out that way and uh, and get yourself back up but it can take time um from up high to absolutely wretched can take as little as a second um <laughs> the other way takes months sometimes something that, that, that you've said quite a few times it seems so correct me if i'm wrong or, or expand on it if if i'm right um each of the different things you're talking about where you're bouncing back up where you're getting yourself to a, to a better place or if you're starting to feel down it was okay I've, I've been taught different techniques so obviously at that point you've you've obviously had conversations in the past you you mentioned doing cbt which is can or cannot help depending on the situation you're in and then having friends around you where you're making semi jokes that are always um, that they can obviously pick up on and help you with. And it, it, there seems to be a, a common theme there where none of it has internally come from Dom, if that makes sense. I don't, yeah. Where it seems to have come from external or it's it's the external input of people that has managed to help you get to a place where you're OK. Is, is that is that fair or is that is that not no, right? That's, that's, that, 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 that's very fair. So I am um, I, I am an extroverted introvert. Um, yeah. So I, <laughs> I I can feed off other people, if, if that, and they can sort of get the they can get the the, the engine, the dynamo spinning again, um, and then I will just take it to I can, I can then take it from there, and then I'll take it to extremes. We'll get to the massive high, and then. You, you, you've got a crash so that's part of the reason why i'm now back on antidepressants i found some ones that do agree with me um and i mean that's a pro tip is if you're not enjoying the ones you put on change because there are there are different ones um and i had a hell of a time on my last ones but these smooth out the peaks and troughs slightly now i missed the high highs they are amazing um but conversely the the low lows are not. <laughs> it's yeah. um, it, 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 it's that that kind of trade off. Um, but I mean, it, it, one of the interesting things you, you, you pointed out, and again, to, to sort of into into my worldview, you, you mentioned friends, um, and I know this will upset a lot of people, um, but I don't understand the concept of friendship the way that most people do. Um, for me, it's very bizarre um and the friends acquaintance whatever you want to call them the, the, the people who consider themselves my friends who have been around the longest are the ones that have maintained contact with me because i don't reciprocate really um it, 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 it's a weird thing where i was having this discussion with uh, with someone else i i'm quite happy to know that people are out there and not talk to them be that for two minutes two years whatever it's 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 not a it's not a sort of a problem so they're just you know they're people i can go talk to them and i i know them and i know that i can talk about things whereas other people seem to have this need to keep the connection fresh or something like you know it, it's so it, it can often come as a quite a big surprise when people do try and help me out of a down period because you're like okay well why are these people even bothering um <laughs> and that sort of helps feed the um feed the ego a little bit so that's yeah but it, and i have sort of mentioned this before and i've upset a whole load of people because i've been a bit flippant at the time with you know friends i don't have friends and a lot of people went oh am i not your friend and you're like i hadn't thought of it that way um i mean yes but 
in my own weird. <laughs> yeah, it's just, just looking at it differently. Yes. Yeah. So, but but obviously you you clearly value that these people are there, and should you need to talk to somebody, that those people are there. Is that correct? Is that fair to say? It's very hard to say, actually. Um, I mean, part of me wants to say I value the fact that the people value me. Okay. Which is sl slightly different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, I mean, part part of my part of my world outlook is uh, the idea that that based on my own worldview, people must be inherently selfish. And if you're doing nice things, it's because it gives you a nice feeling, not because you are doing the nice thing. So you know you're doing charitable work or whatever. Then you're doing that because it makes you feel good. Uh, ergo, it is a selfish act rather than a yeah. I think that's. I've, I've always agreed with that. I've, that's how I've always seen the world. But then I've also tried to look at it differently and think, well, actually, in, in similarly to how I view nihilism in the way that, well, actually, of course, nihilism is fundamentally probably quite true and nothing really does matter. But in the short term, it, it holds no value to believe that. So I sort of try and avoid thinking like that. Yes, I mean, ultimately, my worldview is, is entirely nihilistic because it, it, it is demonstrably true. Um, taken, yeah, to, yeah. taken to the extreme, the end state of the universe, as we understand it now, is, is no different whether I exist or not. And anything I yeah. do will change that ultimate end state. But as you say, short term, there are um, dramatic impacts that, that, I can, that I can have that, that, that are potentially far-reaching. So it just depends on, your, it depends on your worldview. And I try and stray away from that um, longer-term, purely nihilistic view, because it, it sort of leads to negative behaviours. Um, yeah. But it, it ties into that whole sort of, I don't particularly want to die. I would like to be around. Immortality sounds quite fun, with the option to not be if you, if you wanted to. Um, yeah. But then, of course, physics gets in the way, and that fundamentally upsets me. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I think that's a good point to end on. Um, but if um, so, obviously the the one the one point that I really want to end on is you've you've gone through a lot. You've you've actually spent quite a lot of time trying to help other people through talking and trying to direct them. And obviously, I'm aware that you're not a an expert. Um, other than a and well more of an expert than most as a as laymen go but yeah. not a trained expert so but if you but as i said at the start you you are someone who has managed to deal with what is very clearly a huge number of problems and a very difficult world outlook that doesn't quite fit with the rest of the world and all these huge numbers of problems which intermingle and cause large amounts of internal destruction i'm sure <laughs> um and yet you've managed to get to a point where you are getting through life in a reasonably successful and useful way. So, so you're doing something right. So what, um, so I guess what I really want to end on is what would you, what advice would you give to people who are struggling for any reason, not, not to the same extent as you more or less, whatever it might be um, for somebody like me, six, months a year ago where I was at a very very low point what advice would you have given me back then I so, so first of all um to broadly categorize those as, as with mental health problems as we we are everywhere um there's a, a an oft thrown around stat that one in four people will um experience an incident of of mental health um actually if you go look into those figures it's, it's a lot more um, you are highly, highly likely as an individual to undergo a period of mental health problems during your life, be that um, depression caused by an event that's, that's short-term and will, will end itself naturally, or, or be that something that's more, uh, more clinical. We are living through a, a, a period of time where mental health problems are more acute, 
I am um, convinced that we are going to have a generation of healthcare workers that suffer from PTSD. Um, and it's going to be similar to, 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 to soldiers coming back from, from, from battle in, in terms of the effect it's going to have. So there are huge numbers of people who have had problems or have problems. So don't think that you are alone. Their problems may not be the same as your problems. Um, it, it's you know everyone is everyone is different, but you can um, talk about stuff. It's not something that you should be embarrassed about. It's not something that that, that people should shy away from, uh, from from talking about. And and for those who don't, who are lucky enough not to, uh, to, to to suffer from these things, if someone tries to talk to you about them, don't shy away and and, and don't. One of my worst things is oh, I don't want to talk about that. It might it might affect your mental health situation. Um, to which case you know, I, I go away. Um, <laughs> to put it politely, um, sometimes <clears throat> it is as much as, as just you know, are you okay? And when you get the standard, the yeah, I'm fine response, go no, are you okay? Um, yeah, and and be willing to accept a, a, a no as a, a, as an answer. And it is entirely fine for someone not to be okay. It is not necessarily your fault, and it's not necessarily anything for you to fix. Just being able to sort of turn around and say, to "Someone, go, actually, no, I'm, I'm not okay, and, and this is why." You've sort of shared it and, 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 and vented it a little bit, and even if that person just goes, "Oh, that sounds like it must suck," that's 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 all you, you need to do. Don't do the head cocking, um, which. Yeah. <laughs> people in the face when they do that um, yeah. you know, this, this is me if you ask me how i am i will tell you some days it will be a very blunt answer that i am not doing well um that is more to make excuses for the fact that i may be withdrawn or quiet or, or, or sharp or blunt or whatever um it, it's not a I, I need you to fix me this is this is my this is my state so be be accepting of that don't just go through that how are you i'm fine yeah Ask the questions, be deeper, yes. and and be accepting of the answer. Yeah, you know, so, and, and if if you if you do think that um, that you are suffering from from these problems, there are huge amounts of of, of resources online. Um, you can go speak to your GP about uh, things if you're, yeah. um, you know, certainly in the UK and other places. And you, we've got um, so just to add to the GP thing, we. You, you don't have to do the GP route anymore. They've the wellbeing service. You can go for the, from the NHS. You can go directly to them, self-refer. Don't have to worry about the GP. You can just head straight there, and um, that's that's useful. <laughs> um, and, and, and don't be afraid of, of you know, medication and stuff like that. Loads of us take it. And when I first sort of outed myself as as, as having mental health issues, the people who came up and said me too in all different aspects of, of, of life and, and society and, and, and people who I would view to be hugely more successful than I am. Um, yeah. Who, yeah, yeah, me too. So that would be the, 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 the sort of take home is, is you are most assuredly not alone. Um, yeah. And most people are, most people are putting out PR. Yeah, 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 100%. I do it all the time and you do. You'll do it. So. Yes. Um, yeah. So unless you actually know what they're going through and, and what their home life is like and, and all the stuff, you, you you can't be sure. Amazing. Great stuff. Thank you very much for chatting today, Dom. 